0: Tonight on Fig Tree Watchers, it's Friday Night Prophecy as we discuss the news events of the week and how they relate to Bible prophecy. And I'll be joined by my co-host Ayo from A Mitsu Study. That's next here on Fig Tree Watchers. So stay tuned. Hey, welcome to another night of Friday Night Prophecy. What a great week, what a bunch of news uh, we have had. Uh, We have so much to discuss uh, this week. Uh, There seems to be just a lot of uh, chaos going on in the world. So go ahead and invite your grandmother, your Aunt Susie, your Aunt May, your Uncle Bob, and uh, tell them that tonight it's Friday Night Prophecy as we discuss the news events of the week and how they relate to Scripture. By the way, you can listen to this on uh, the rebroadcast of this podcast instagram live uh here on instagram uh, we save every live but you can also listen to it on podcast form on all the major platforms just go to fig tree watchers on your favorite podcast platform and uh, subscribe don't forget to hit the subscribe and listen hey let's see it looks like man we got a great group of people coming in and uh, i'm gonna invite io in right now so this is gonna be awesome How's everyone doing tonight?
1: This is a great group tonight. Hey, hey brother. Good evening, everyone. Doing? doing good. Hope everyone's doing well. Yep. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty
0: good. I had my physical therapy today. Mm. Um, got beat up quite a bit, and that, uh, the pain was excruciating. But mm. uh, you know. Other than that, I'm doing pretty, uh, feeling a lot better than I was. Yeah, which so, is good.
1: Yeah, yeah hopefully that, that relief lasts a long
0: time. Uh, just, well. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it will. Mm-hmm. I really am. It's, uh, it's been tough, and I'm, I'm tired of being in 24 hours, seven days a week of pain and, and everything yeah. else. So it, it just wears down on you. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, uh, why don't you lead us in prayer, and then uh, we will get started. Sounds good, sounds good.
1: Uh Father, we just thank you uh once again, Lord, for another day, uh, another week. And we just thank you for um both uh, Brother Stefan and I for giving us this opportunity to come before you Lord to to have this opportunity to gather with fellow believers all around the world and just uh share about current events, tell about prophecy, to use it ultimately to encourage fellow believers and to point everyone to Jesus, Lord. Uh, so we just pray that you use it, Brother tonight tonight to do that very thing, to uh, be an encouragement to fellow believers and to use everything that we talk about tonight to point people to the gospel, to point people to the Lord's soon return, Lord. Uh, we also pray for Brother Stefan, the pain he's going through. We just pray ultimately for your healing hand upon him. Uh, we just pray for his family during this time, Lord, that you bring people into their lives to be a blessing to them, uh, to further encourage them, Lord, that you continue to just point Brother Stefan back to your word, uh, that you are there with him, Lord, that you are not abandon him. Um, so we just pray for all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. And, and by the way, I just want to say to everyone who's praying for me, thank you so much. Um, just to let you know, I'm, I'm probably getting on average about three hours of sleep a night right now because of the pain that I'm, I'm going through. And uh, um, it's it's been just excruciating. In fact, yesterday, um, I, I must have gotten up and, and taken like Three or four showers in the middle of the night, hot showers, just trying to to get rid of the pain. So, thank you for your prayers. I appreciate it, um, and uh, uh, keep it up, and uh, pray for my wife as well. And and uh, as she is she gets awakened quite often by me, and and that's not fair to her, but she's she is absolutely showing incredible amount of love and compassion towards me right now, and I really appreciate
1: it. Yeah, thank God for thank God for her for sure yeah
0: absolutely absolutely so hey um we got a couple of questions that people threw out there um uh, because we're asking that question what questions do you have um you brought up uh we have two of them out there so why don't you go over the first one and then we'll go over the second one
1: yeah yeah for sure and guys just repeat you know just brother stefan in terms of what you just said there um what we're trying to do now is before these lives on friday several hours before just throw up a you know, reminder that, hey, we're doing this live. And then the next slide is a question that, hey, if you have a bottle related question, you know, send us a question, we'll try to answer it on this live. And uh, we know some of you guys do ask questions beforehand, but we also wanna give people a wider opportunity to do so. Um, so we're more prepared, we can give you a better answer and just better equip you guys, better serve you guys. So definitely uh, take advantage of that going forward. Uh, so two questions we got today was from, first one was from Nadine, my relation too. So thank you for your question, Nadine. Uh, It's thoughts on First Timothy four three regarding pushing eat less meat, and also cannibalism. Uh, so that was her question. I'll just read out First Timothy um, uh, chapter four verses one to three here, so we see the context of her question. So First Timothy chapter four verse one to three. Now the Spirit expressly says then, Latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and adoption of demons speaking lies and hypocrisy having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. And then chapter or verse three is where the uh, point of her question is forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Um, So basically my experience concerning this passage in in relation to current events is that for the longest time, as long as I've been paying attention to about prophecy, which is like late 2017, early 2018, um, as we read this passage, a lot of us would be like, "Oh yeah, okay." Spirit says in latter times someone depart from faith. We understand that, you know, apostasy, doctrine of demons. We can see churches, you know, uh, giving way to LGBTQ agenda and things like this, and and saying that oh, white people have to apologize for their privilege and things like that. Just things that are unbiblical, right? We can see that. We understand that. Okay, so we understand uh, verse one, uh, speaking lies and poxy, We understand verse two. But in my experience, whenever we get to verse three, we're always kind of puzzled. We're like, okay, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods. Well, what does that really mean? Is that is that true? Is that really going to happen in the last days? Um, well, what we've been seeing, if you guys follow um, Pastor Tom Hughes, he's kind of been highlighting this more so than any other pastor I've been seeing. Uh, a few months back, he actually showed an article about how, I don't know if it was Candor or somewhere else, where they're saying that they're going to uh, they want to strive to make a law to forbid people to marry. And he went to this verse. He's like, whoa, like I didn't think that this would possibly have like a literal application. But he's starting to believe that now, especially since a lot of people are, you know, who believe in climate change and everything are saying that, hey, to make sure the earth doesn't, you know, get destroyed in 10 years, we got to stop having kids. We can't be we can't marry each other anymore. We can't do that because that adds the pollution. So we're actually seeing that kind of talk now. People are saying that, whoa, is this is this what? this passage this verse here saying in terms of abstaining from foods we're seeing how people are trying to say hey we shouldn't eat beef anymore we shouldn't eat pork we shouldn't eat animals we should go to this vegetarian stuff vegan diet or lab meat you know meats fake stuff um or like you know plant-based foods things like that um and they're trying to tell people to literally abstain from meats abstain from these foods so that's kind of the general thought process there um, so, I mean, there's a lot of interpretation for this, but that's kind of my experience of why I've been seeing how people are taking this. Um, so that's kind of what the, the question is. In terms of me, how do I take this? I don't I don't really know. Um, what I am just seeing is, you know, basically that, that we are seeing people saying, hey, don't marry due to climate change, don't eat beef. Um, in terms of whether this is what that verse is saying specifically, I have to do that research myself to see if that's true what the Bible is saying. But whether that's what it's saying or not, we are seeing these things play out and it's very yeah. interesting. So at least that's my thought. I don't know if you have extra thoughts on that, brother. Well,
0: well, I think it's interesting because it's, Paul is clearly saying, a, uh, you know, one of the doctrines of demons is that they're telling commanding people to abstain from foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving. But those who believe and know the truth for every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. So every living creature. Um, and this is an important passage to understand, uh, because one of the things that's being made out there is this meatless meat. Um, and what we're finding out now is that the testosterone, because of what they've been doing with soybean product in the food in the United States, especially the the testosterone level of men has dropped dramatically. That's why you're seeing so many suicides among men in their 40s. Well, you didn't see that 100 years ago. Um, And the other thing is that sperm count is down in men. So we're at right now about 25% of the sperm count of an average male in the United States of where it was in the 1920s. Think about that for a moment. So when they're ranking you and go, oh, you got a high sperm count, congratulations, but you're still 25% of where your grandfather was. You understand? You're, understanding? you're like, like only at 25% of what he had and that's dangerous. That's bad. And so these foods that Bill Gates and everybody's pushing this meatless meat, this vegan meat, um, it's it, in this laboratory meat. It's dangerous for us. It's bad. We need to be eating meat, but they're getting us another way. They're, they're monopolizing the processing plants. Now we're finding out and, Um, We talked about that last week uh, and uh, eliminating food and farms are going out of business because they can't get the cattle to the processing plants because of the monopolization of it. Um, And so I think that that's a big deal. Um, As far as the other thing of marriage, isn't it interesting that they're promoting gay marriage, but they're punishing straight marriage. And um, I I think that's um, a really bad thing that that is going on. Um, And I'm going to bring this up in a moment, but we're also talking about, the ability to have children um they're doing hysterectomy on children now in fact there's a bill before the state legislature of california i'll go over it in a little bit that is about transgender health care and it gives children from uh at the age of seven a hysterectomy so they can have their sex change this is evil Mm -hmm. this is not a good thing this is evil children don't know what they want yeah i I know that i'm a father of 10 and um (laughs) They, they they think they know what they want, but they don't. And then they come back five minutes later and tell you they want something completely different. You know, um, my, my son tonight was a perfect example of that my four year old wanted pizza. And then we got the pizza and he's like, oh, I, I think I want the quesadilla, chicken quesadilla instead. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, we, we got pizza because you cried about getting pizza, you know. Yeah. And uh I, and he's like, oh, I want a chicken quesadilla. And then he got really upset because we couldn't give him a chicken quesadilla, you know. And so okay, there's a better. perfect example of oh, children yeah. not being able to have the capacity to make
1: good decisions. Oh yeah, for sure. So um,
0: I agree yeah. with everything you said. By the way, I, I just yeah. want to add my two these cents are, on that.
1: Oh yeah, no, and I and I agree with what you're saying as well. And that's just highlighting all you know, the craziness of of these, these days we're living in. Um, but the second question here, and I hope we were able to kind of give our thoughts properly for you, Nadine, um, in terms of your question. The Second question here is, Cano Peaches, <laughs> I like the username, what happens to children of unbelievers at the rapture? And this is like one of the most popular questions people ask in terms of the rapture. When we start talking about the rapture, tribulation, people start asking, well, you know, how about my unsaved children? How about children in general? What about pregnant women and this and that? And those are great questions. The only problem is that the Bible doesn't say in book, chapter, verse that at the rapture, children be raptured out. It doesn't say that. Um, so the best we can only do is just kind of go here and there, different passages in the Bible, and kind of try to glean um, and then kind of speculate a little bit. Um, but ultimately, we have to rest on God's sovereignty. We have to rest on his justice. Um, but in light of that, I mean, I'll just give my two cents, and Swan will give his two cents as well, in terms of how we believe you know, this can play out. Um, but first, you know what, what is the rapture? Just as a quick you know, uh, summary for those who aren't aware, I won't read these two verses out fully, but I encourage you guys to read it yourself if you're not familiar with what the rapture is and where we get it from. We get it from First Thessalonians four thirteen to 18 and 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51-54, where Paul talks about this event, where the Lord will descend from the clouds with a voice of an archangel and trumpet of God, and the dead of Christ will be raised up. And we who are alive will be changed. We glorified, will be given glorified bodies and meet the Lord in the air and we'll be with the Lord forever. We'll go to heaven. So that's the rapture, right? Um, so at the rapture, the question is what happens to the children? Now the, ch- the question here specifically is unbelie- children of unbelievers. Um, but I believe that this question can also be opened up to children in general, because I don't think there's a really big difference between children of unbelievers or not. It's just, what is, are they, are the children saved? The, when this question comes, Uh, There's this big idea of the age of accountability, that there's this type, there's this age here that we don't know, that God knows that at this point, if this child is this age, they're accountable for their salvation. If they're below this age, then if they haven't believed in the Lord, they'll still, if they died, for example, an abortion or something, they'll still go to heaven. So there's those type of things. Um, What verse I go to, um, I believe to make this strong case of that, you know, children, whether from unbelievers or believe in family. If they fall under this age of accountability, that they will make it to heaven, whether they die or in the rapture. I go to Second Samuel 12, uh, verses 15 to 23. Uh, so what's going on there uh, in terms of that story? A lot of us know it. David sleeps with Bathsheba. He gets her pregnant and gets her husband, Uriah, the Hittite, killed in battle. And then uh, 2 Samuel 12, verses 1 to 15, Nathan, he confronts God. God sends him to David. Um, to confront concern his sin to communicate that your child would die and his child did die and then David had this response in, in verse 22 and he said while the child was alive I fasted and wept for I said who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live verse 23 but now he is dead why should I fast can I bring him back again I shall go to him but he shall not return to me so that, first of all, speaks of David's salvation. He knew he was saved. Nathan made that clear as well, that, hey, your sin, it's taken care of, but you'll sort the consequences of your sin in this temporal life. Uh, David realized that, but he says, he says something interesting, he says the child is gone, so I shall go to him, he shall no longer return to me. Um, at that time, people who died would be taken to Abraham's bosom, um, so I believe that's what he's referring to, that once he dies, he's going to meet his child there. Um, So, that shows that despite the child being at a young, tender age of a baby, he wasn't able to mentally, you know, perceive the Lord or believe in Jesus or anything like that. But after he was dead, somehow God's grace covered him and he was able to end up in what I presume to be Abraham's bosom. So, I would use that to say that, okay, maybe children that fall under the age of accountability, just like this child, would be taken at the rapture. Um, So, that's a very long... Answer, <laughs> but I hope that answers the question Brother Stefan is gonna present his uh, point as well. So um let's go ahead and ask that question one more time. What was the question one
0: more time and, and uh... yeah?
1: The question is what happens to children of unbelievers at the rapture? Okay, and who who asked it? Uh peaches. <laughs> okay,
0: all right, yeah. awesome. So um this is probably one of those few I would say uh decimal point zero zero three of 1% of the time that Io and I probably maybe disagree with each other, and I say maybe. Um, I'm gonna say, yes, the Bible is clear on this, and I'm gonna use Joel chapter two uh, for the reason why. Um, children, and my answer to you, A Can of Peaches is, uh, yes, children and nursing babies do go to heaven. Uh, and I believe that they'll be taken up in the rapture, even of unbelieving parents. Um, because I believe that God looks at each person individually. He, I believe he's a God of grace, but there are children who don't understand or have the consequences of it. And I think that God is, that he looks at the heart of each individual child and he'll make that decision out of grace. But here's my evidence for it. And when I have come across um, a friend of mine or someone who has lost a child, and they're wondering you know is my child going to be in heaven right um especially christian families where you know they they love lord but they're not sure if their child ever made a decision um i go to this passage because to me it's a very comforting passage and it's in joel chapter 2 starting with verse 15 and by the way verses 12 through 14 are an argument of a national israel coming to repentance it's God calling them and this is this passage is really if you read the whole passage of chapter two it's really outlined for the last days in the end times Uh, and we you're going to see this uh, throughout this chapter it's really making that reference uh, of it but then it comes to this point in verse 15 where it uses this phraseology that we hear from Paul in Thessalonians blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly. It doesn't say call uh, Israel together. It's saying call a sacred assembly, gather the people. In fact, the sacred assembly in, in the Greek, it, it's ecclesia. It's where we get the word church from, okay? A sacred assembly. Sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders. Now, all of a sudden, these words are words that are that were we're imagining uh, that we've heard and that's from the book of Revelation. We're seeing these, the exact phrase, assemble the elders. We're seeing that in Revelation four and five. And then it says, um, after assemble the elders, gather the children and the nursing babes. Let the bridegroom, which is always Jesus, uh, go out from his chamber and the bride from, his dress, from her dressing room. The bride being the church. Let the priests who minister to the Lord, and this is that scene that we're seeing in Revelation 4 and 5, right? Um, Let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people. So these priests which are in heaven are crying out to the Lord saying, let them spare your people, O Lord. What people? The ones on the earth which is what we're seeing in the seals where the people cry out. I believe it's a fifth seal where they cry out. Um, How much longer, O Lord, we have to endure this, right? The suffering. When are you going to deal with those people on the earth? It's making a little real time that the people killing us are still on the earth. Right. And uh, here you're getting that same wording, right? Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach. And the nations should rule over them. Why should you say among your people, where is their God? And then he goes on and he talks about how he's zealous for the land. So it's making that, uh, giving you that that connection that God is now zealous for the land. He's talking about Israel, which is in the last days. Um, So the church is in heaven crying out, hey, God, how much more about your people? Okay, which people? that the church is referring to the people of God, which are tied to Israel, right? The land. And so it goes back to the understanding of verses 12 to 14, where he's calling Israel to repent. And then he tells them in verses 18, 19, and 20, um, you know what? I'm going to bring you to repentance. I'm going to come and rescue. You. And behold, I will send you grain and a new wine and oil. And that's a, it's a real strong flavor there of God saying, I'm going to consecrate you. I want to bring you back. Um, and to me, you're gonna know who I am and you're gonna know that I am your Lord, your God. So why is that passage important? Well, because to back it up to your question, Peaches, um, it, it has to do with the fact that he gathers the children and the nursing babes in the rapture. To me, that's an amazing thing. And if he does that in the rapture, he does that for the family that loses a child um, that where someone dies. Uh, of a young age or a nursing baby that dies. And it's to me, this t- truly articulates when Paul says he is the God of all mercy and the father of all comfort. That's our God. Behold, that's our God
1: that we serve.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's majestic. Yes.
1: Yeah. So I hope that answer your question again, um, even though we might approach this differently, and you know, depending on the teacher depending on the person, they'll, use different things in the Bible to approach it. Um, but ultimately I think what we're alluding to here is that, you know, at the end of the day, God is just, God is gracious, he's merciful, and he he's all he knows way more than we do, right? So he's gonna make the best judgment that he believes the best. Um, and we believe part of that judgment would be to have mercy on children and take them in the rapture. I mean I've heard some people that would say, you know, that's not the case and children would be in the tribulation. I've read tribulation fiction where children are there in the tribulation. So again, people take these differently, but I think Brother Stefan and I can agree at least that God is merciful and that we believe that children will be taken um, during the tribulation or before. One, one more
0: thing. There is a passage that uh, talks about this uh, and, and I can't remember where it is. It's, it's a phrase where it says, woe to those nursing mothers. Woe to them. Um, oh, that's
1: uh, Matthew 25. I can actually get yes, it right now.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah and um that's a that's another reason matthew 24 yep um that's another clear understanding that that something is happening where did these nursing mothers go where did the babies go right and i think that that has to do with this passage that they're going to be taken so i think that's a good thing to
1: to think about yeah, I think for uh, the 19 one, yes, yeah, so that comes after just um, speaks about the abomination, desolation, the fleeing. And he's saying that when you flee that day, hopefully your flight is not in winter because obviously winter and hopefully you don't have nursing babies in those days. Um, I mean, that's going to be difficult. So right. he's stressing the difficult conditions concerning, you know, the abomination, desolation, things like that. Correct. So, Correct.
0: Yeah. And, and, and that's something important because there's going to be children in the millennial range. Of Christ we know that because oh, it yeah, says yeah. that children yeah. will play with cobras and they will not be dead yeah. you know mm-hmm. so there's going to be children in the millennium so there there's not going to be no children in that time and and I do have to agree with that in the tribulation there will be children because we be have yeah. children born in the tribulation I, uh, well, yeah. but there's going to be I think at the rapture point I think God is going to
1: make a clear uh, just move there and I, yeah, I think sure. it's important I agree as well. Yeah. So, guys, thank you for your questions. Those are two great questions. And as we're going right now, you know, if you have a question, drop it here in the comment. And uh, if we see it, we'll uh, get to it. But right now, get some news. So the first thing I'm going to cover and then hand it over to Brother Stefan. We'll go back and forth like that as we usually do. Is just about anti-Semitism. So that doesn't really die down. It's still going on. Um, from Israel 365 News, pro Palestinian mob in New York City, that's in America, not in Gaza Strip, not in Iran, New York City, calls to wage antifada against Jews around the world. So from the article, hundreds of pro Palestinian protesters gathered in front of Israeli mission in New York City on Wednesday, calling to spread the antifada around the world. Uh, the Simon Wiesenthal Center, Jewish Local Human Rights Organization, researching the Holocaust and hate and Historic and contemporary context called on the city to prevent the rally because organizers used what they what the center called the language of incitement. So the rally was not violent, but did include calls to annihilate Israel, which included chanting from river to from the river to the sea. We don't want no two state; we wanted all of it, and Israel uh, go to hell. So they said that as well. Uh, A of globalized Antifada was heard at the rally, and for those who don't know, Antifada literally means shaking. Uh, to a, refers to a violent civilian war targeting civilians. So the Antifadas were essentially funded by the Palestinian Authority Martyrs Fund, which paid terrorists around their families and their families based on how many Jews they murdered. So these people are chanting, you know, globalize the Antifada, you know, Israel, um, from the river to the sea. They're essentially saying war against Israel, war against innocent Jewish people, um, just for essentially being Jews. Um, And part of their reasoning for doing this, they believe, you know, the Jews are perpetuating uh, hatred against the Palestinians and all of this um, lies that the media um, perpetuates. But it's just significant because we talk about um, anti-Semitism, we say it's going to grow, it's going to explode in the tribulation. And part of where we see that, we often reference Zechariah 12. um, So I'll just read a bit there in terms of where we see that all nations will eventually gather against Israel. So right now we are seeing, you know, um nations here and there in Europe and definitely in the Middle East in America, Canada, Australia. People are doing rallies like this and they're saying globalize the Antifada, where they're saying, Hey, you know, let's help the Palestinians. Uh, let's try to hurt the Israelis in some way. So Zechariah twelve, I'll start at verse two, Behold I'll make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness. Again, this is in the tribulation, um, but we can see there has to be a stepping stone towards this fulfillment, right? So, behold, I'll make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the strong peoples when they lay siege against you in Jerusalem. And shall happen in that day, they'll make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. All who would heave it away will shall become peace, as though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. All nations. I mean, includes America. That includes Canada. That includes name your nation, right? So, eventually, what the Bible is saying is during the tribulation, all nations will be against Israel. Uh, we see Matthew 25. There will be a goat and sheep. Uh, Judgments to go and sheep nations when Jesus Christ comes back, he'll sit on his throne in Jerusalem. Joel 3 records this as well. Uh, People, he's going to gather the nations, the people, uh, Gentiles, both believing and unbelieving, in the Valley of Jehoshaphat and judge them, Joel 3 says, based on how they treated his brethren, the Jews. Um, So he's going to punish people or reward people based on how they treated the Jewish people. So we see the anti-Semitism definitely reaching a sky high level during Tribulation. Uh, Revelation 12 shows a satanic war versus Israel. Uh, Israel pictures as the woman fleeing into the wilderness for three and a half years, God miraculously protecting them. Why would they need that because uh, Zachariah, I think 13 or 14 tells us, I think it's 13, tells us that two thirds of the Jewish nation will be wiped out. Um, so we just see these kind of things going on in the world where it's increasing. Um, 2021, you know, lots of different news stations reported that anti-Semitism on social media was skyrocketing. Um, so this shouldn't surprise. This is just, again, a sign of the times we're living in. Um, and for these prophecies concerning the annihilation of two-thirds of Israel, or a satanic world uh, war against Israel in the tribulation, or all nations against gathering against Israel, there has to be stepping stones towards that. There has to be set up for that to happen. It just won't happen in the bigger eye. It's going to progress gradually to what we read here in the scriptures. Yeah, it's it's a, this is a big deal that is
0: is going on with the um, a constant um, assault on Israel. Um, even uh, we have members of Congress demanding mm-hmm. Israel um, uh, and, and demanding pro-Palestinian um, and causing wanting taxes and and economic boycotts of Israel. Yeah. So there's also uh, groups promoting the the hatred of of Israel um within the democrat party and and you're seeing uh, muslim countries saying hey let's support these democrats there's clear hatred there but it's not only with the with the jews but it's also with the christians um the new bill in congress uh with the irs it's to target christians it's to go after them for the first time ever our government which under the constitution says that shall not prohibit the exercise of religion is now targeting people because of their faith and because of their belief system. And um, uh, we're watching the destruction of America. And this is an injustice thing that we need to talk about. Um, there are some really um, big injustices going on. Uh, and we'll
1: be talking more about that in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next, just news on uh, China, Taiwan. That's been a huge thing. I'm just, we've covered this a lot. Um, and, you know, we usually cover it in the context of wars, rumors of wars, and I also make mention of it uh, concerning just how it's adding to what's already going on. Uh, so this is kind of an update on this. Um, and I believe one of these articles kind of just reiterates what Brother Stefan and I have been saying for months and months and months now. Um, just from the Washington times war between China and Taiwan could create global chaos. <laughs> I mean, you know, they just, they don't even beat around the bush just get straight to it. Um, although we don't kind of, we don't say that personally, we, we, we essentially allude to it, right? That, Hey, all these things that are currently going on, if you add China and Taiwan to it, it's going to be a disaster. Right. And we say that, but I mean, you guys have the Washington times essentially saying the same thing as well. So it's not just us. Um, But from the Guardian Bell gets that article later, China used drills to prepare for invasion, Taiwan foreign minister says. uh, China used its military drills last week to prepare for an invasion of Taiwan. And its anger over U.S. Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit was just an excuse. Uh, China, so there's a quote now, I think, from the uh, foreign minister of Taiwan. China's used the drills in its military playbook to prepare for the invasion of Taiwan, he said. It is conducting large scale military exercise and missile launches, as well as cyber attacks, disinformation, and economic coercion, an attempt to weaken public morale in Taiwan. So, I mean, I've seen like, I don't know, 20 plus, I 15 to 20 maybe articles with these similar headlines, whether they say China is doing these drills. I think that occurred for four or five days um, and may still be going on. I haven't really caught up to it. And they're saying that they're using this to prepare for invasion uh, against Taiwan. Uh, We essentially saw a similar thing with Ukraine versus Russia, right? Where Russia mounted all these troops and equipment on the border. And for, for what, months, weeks, we were, you know, the news and governor saying, that hey, you know, there's going to be an imminent invasion. Oh, no, there's not going to be an imminent invasion. Oh, they're, they're trying something. Oh, no, they're not trying something. Then Russia eventually invaded. Uh, So I'm not saying that it's going to go that way, but I'm just delivering the news to you. We've just been talking about it, saying that, hey, it's a possibility that they might invade and we've seen a drastic movement since Nancy Pelosi visit Taiwan now they're doing that. So who knows what's gonna happen. Um, but what I'm more focused on is a possible fallout of that scenario. So the Washington Times and economics of this war between China and Taiwan could create global chaos in economical and or hot water between China and Taiwan will be a global economic and political disaster. It would seem probable that China would bomb Taiwan back to the stone age, which it could. That would destroy its value. More likely, China will blockade Taiwan, destroying its economy and ability to obtain adequate food. The Biden administration is likely to try to avoid a hot water war with, Taiwan over, uh, with China over a blockade of Taiwan. A hot war, or even a blockade, would be economic and probably military suicide for both China and the US. It would so disrupt the world's supply chain. Supply chain, by the way, we're already having supply chain issues, we're being told. So this would exasperate that. It would so disrupt the world supply chain that global chaos would reign for many months, leading to many unforeseen consequences, including even nuclear war. Let us hope that all alternatives have been gamed. Um, and they made a quick note here at the end of the article. They said, it's worth remembering that World War I, a war no one wanted, was caused by a series of miscalculations by weak leaders. And that's the Washington Times that reported on all that, right? um so yeah any thoughts on this
0: no i mean i agree with everything you said right there i think it's a- absolutely correct we're repeating bad historical mistakes that we made in the past we're repeating them again and uh we're watching it all come into play um you know when it, one of the articles that i, I wanted to bring up but I, before we get there i wanted to read some scripture on it and i want to read what god says about injustice for a moment and i think that this is important um, from Jeremiah 22, 3-5. Uh, Thus says the Lord, do justice and righteousness and deliver from the hand of the oppressor him who has been robbed. And do not do wrong or violence to the resident alien, the fatherless and the widow, nor shed innocent blood in this place. For if you will indeed obey the, this word, then there will shall enter the gates of the house, kings who sit on the throne of David, riding on chariots and on horses, and they and their servants and their people. but if you do not obey these words, I swear by myself, declares the Lord that this house shall become a desolation. Now that was a warning to Israel, but God throughout the Bible, I mean, you can go through the psalms, you can go through uh, Ecclesiastes, for example, where he says you see a in a province of the oppression of the poor and the violation of justice and righteousness, do not be amazed at the matter. For the high official is watched by a higher and there are yet higher ones over him. God is saying, look, I, I've, I've, I've got everybody in place. I'm the one who's gonna make sure that justice is carried out. Um, so it's important for us as Christians to understand that God hates injustice. He mm-hmm. hates it. Yeah. Now, progressives like to, uh, progressive to throw around the term social justice. God isn't talking about social justice here. He's talking about pure justice.
1: justice.
0: He's talking about not stealing, not doing wrong, uh, in any case, not to oppress anyone, um, to take care of the widow, to take care of the orphan. Don't shed innocent blood, okay? And I think that this is really, really important. Why am I bringing this up? Well, I alluded to it earlier. Um, We in California have a very wicked state legislature. Um, Scott uh, Weiner is, and that's his name, uh, who is representing the Senate district number two has uh, created the Senator Weiner's Transgender Inclusive Healthcare Act, uh, otherwise known as SB 923. Uh, and what it's going to do is create health care specifically for transgenders um, and allowing, as I mentioned, um, it will allow hysterectomies for seven on up. Now, this is not only the case in California, Massachusetts health care companies uh, recently advertised that they're going to be promoting this. Um, and this is a serious issue that's going on, but it's not just affecting children, right? Now, Let's look at the injustice from the other side. We're seeing people who are imprisoned. Uh, Let's take a look at at, at some of the the weird things going on in the United Kingdom for a moment, and that's England. Um, We have a problem where the UK is now reversing course on extreme gender ideology in female prisons. Why? Because of the huge amounts of rape that have taken place by men who are acting as transgender women going into the female prison population and they're raping. And they're, they're raping galore. And it's, it's, it's a serious issue that um, one report published in the policy exchange said that it is an urgent need to prioritize women's safety over these policies, which are, which are rooted in extreme ideology the safety of female prisoners is being put at risk, at risk, and their dignity and privacy undermined by being incarcerated with biological males, some of whom are known sex offenders and rapists. Where's the injustice? Do you think God is standing? it? So, some of these women are in prison because they hung out with a guy who had a couple of bags of marijuana in his car and they didn't know about it and they got arrested and they're going to jail because they were in the car you know it, it's it's minor offenses and they're now being raped daily daily so bad that they're now passing out condoms in prisons in california the united uh, kingdom um and new york why because the women are getting pregnant and then they're like well you we can have abortion we'll pay for your abortion so we're compounding the injustice by sinning even more against God by having the shedding of innocent blood being taken place by killing of the children. And we wonder why our government is so corrupt, why it's so evil, why America's falling. We're seeing it with the, the uh, revengeful politics that is going on, uh, whether you like Trump or not. This has never happened in US history where a political party, and they're stating it out loud, members of Congress, this is to prevent Trump from running for president. And whether you like him or not, and, and quite frankly, I don't think Trump is actually going to run. But what it is doing is it's making people wake up and go, wait a moment. Yeah this, this isn't just why is the FBI being used as a political tool for one political party? Mm. No, it's, you know, the Democratic Party is famous for doing this. They used the KKK back in the day to
1: push their agenda. Now it's the FBI. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot you said there in terms of like the sexual morality we're seeing. I, I just think Romans one, which you, you know, which you reference a lot, right? Where we see right. these phases of people wanting, you know, to follow their own lust, wanting sin. Um, well, it starts first with, of course, rejecting the knowledge of God. And then we see God giving man over to his sin nature. And so the last thing gives us over to our depravity. So now we're seeing in American society where it's like, well, what's a man? What's a, what's a woman? We don't know what a woman it is. And now we're, you know, in California, we're sending men who just by the word of their mouth just say, I'm a woman, I identify as a woman, but they're a biological male. We can send them into women's jails and surprise, surprise, they those criminals who go into women's jails end up raping women. And we're like, oh my gosh, uh, that's crazy. Who would have thought that would have happened? I mean, that, that can only be explained by a depraved mind to me that you can't even think clearly. And I remember uh, when we talked about this probably a year over a year ago, um, haven't even heard about the story in UK. And I just thought it was going on in California, but I guess I shouldn't be surprised it's going on in other places as well. But just really crazy, and in terms of what you're talking about, in terms of the um, the sex change, reassign, uh, sex reassignment surgeries for children, you know, seven and up, um, that just reminds me of a story from Breitbart here, actually, where um, it's not just going out, it's not just going on in the secular world. This push for sex reassignment surgery and transgenderism, it's going on in the so-called church as well. I mean we could probably go back and forth in terms of are these even really churches? Are these really Christians? Well. Whether they are or not, they're identifying, they're putting on the label of church and Christian, which is a problem uh, from Breitbart here. Uh, Episcopal church comes out in support of sex changes at all ages. Uh, So the Episcopal church passed a resolution in support of sex change attempts at all ages, calling it a matter of religious liberty. Uh, Resolution DO66 passed by the 80th General Convention is titled Addressing Restrictions on Access to Gender-Affirming Care. The House of Bishops has concurred with the resolution. It calls for the Episcopal Church to advocate for access to gender-affirming care in all forms—social, medical, or any other—in all ages. It goes on to say that advocating for sex change operations is, quote, part of our baptismal call to respect the dignity of every human being. It kind of reminds me when Biden was kind of uh, trumpeting uh, sex reassignment surgery or transgenderism and LGBTQ, and he just went on TV and you know mainstream news and he said that hey you know you deserve to be transgender or whatever because you're made in the image of God just like a total twist in the scripture to uh support basically what God hates what the Bible condemns um so we're, we're seeing people use scripture use God I think whoopi Goldberg did it recently too that you know you can get abortions because God because the Bible um, so it's just this continual, um, in this sense, in respect to Christianity, this continual fall in the way we're seeing, uh, where we're now embracing, where some churches are now embracing, or so-called churches embracing sex reassignment surgeries now. We we weren't far enough in depravity in terms of um, accepting gay marriage and accepting LGBTQ. Now we have to accept the transgender um, sex reassignment surgeries, which is very crazy. Um, but again, that just shows us the times we're living in where some churches are just departing so much from scripture so much in its understanding of what God hates and what he loves um that we're now that they're now supporting this kind of thing, so it's very crazy
0: yeah, and we're we're seeing this throughout you know there is this kind of false gospel that secularists, humanists give out. they claim that um perfect morality will eventually be produced through evolution, okay. The problem with that is man's not getting better. Man's getting worse. Yep. Right? Man's yep. getting more evil in in its actions. Look, um, in my dad's day, he I remember he used to talk about that his grandfather could leave a hundred dollar bill on the fence post and no one would touch it because it was for the neighbor and everyone knew that. Right? And now There's, there there is no integrity. Everything is stolen. You can't, you can't even leave your car unlocked for five seconds because everything will be taken out of it. No way. You know, we have gone to devaluing human life. I think the greatest crime that abortion has done is actually, it's devalued human life. Look, if, if abortions are running rampant in the, in the inner cities, which we know they are through Planned Parenthood, isn't it interesting And in those same inner cities, people are having violent crimes. Gang members are shooting people like video games. And in real life, they're they're killing them. And it's because, hey, if a baby isn't worth anything, then a human life isn't worth anything. And what abortion has really done is it's destroyed the sanctity of life in the inner cities, in the bigger country. So we think it's okay to shoot someone. We think it's okay to kill something you know and this is the problem it's not gun control isn't the issue it's abortion abortion is the real issue and uh, i think we need to look at that and it's it's why god says i hate the killing of innocent blood i hate it i, I
1: detest mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. yeah i probably even want to even go as far as say that you know i, I definitely <laughs> agree with you that abortion is definitely um adding to the issue of um, seeing people incorrectly in terms of not seeing people in the image of God, but I didn't even want to go as far as say, have we gone to the point of abortion because we already don't see people in the image of God? You know what I mean? I'm sure it can go both ways, but I was also thinking about that as well. But I yeah. guess agree with what you said as well. Yeah.
0: No, so, I would I would agree with you there. Yeah, I think the true. reason why it's such a radical religion, abortion is it's a part of a religion. Understand it? It's a cult. Um, and, and, he, and we talked about this last week with the video of people, you know, doing a worship service oh, over yeah. abortion. Yeah, and it's because they don't value human life mm-hmm. because they themselves can't see that God loves them and God sees value in them, and because of that, they reject God because they themselves can't see the value that God would find in them. And that's one of the reasons why I think one of the most profound verses is James, and I think it's chapter uh, one, verse 27, where it says, religion that God our Father finds as pure and faultless as this, is to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. What is an orphan? It's someone who doesn't know that they're a child of God. What is a widow? It's someone who doesn't know that they're the bride of Christ.
1: And I'll say too, it's interesting, uh, concerning the verse you just referenced, uh, <clears throat> the orphan and the widow too are also like the most vulnerable members of society, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, orphan, you know, we think of children, so little children, vulnerable. They're the ones we're killing through abortion. Uh, widows, usually older women, older people, they're the ones we're trying to kill through euthanasia as well. So it's just very interesting that as society goes into a more godless culture, we attack those two people, whereas the Bible says, hey, true religion in God's eyes is serving those people, is trying to care for those two members of society. Um, So it's very interesting. And I love the last part of that verse, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Yeah.
0: How do we do that? Well, we get into God's word. Mm -hmm. Um, We allow God's law to supersede us. Uh you mentioned First Timothy four three tonight. Um, I think it's important that we don't allow ourselves to be deceived by the world. We don't get attracted to the world. And that's so hard because we're bombarded by the world. Oh yeah. Um we see it in the science fiction shows, Star Trek and Oroville and, and, and all these things where it's it's godless because man can solve its own problems. Well, if man could solve its own problems, why are we in the mess that we're in right now <laughs> in the world? Great question. Why? Because we've excluded God. We've kicked God out of the equation. We've said, we're going to do this. We're going to accomplish this. We're going to do this. And God is laughing. And he's asking, like in Psalms, I think it's Psalms chapter two, why do the nations rage such yeah. a vain thing?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad. It's the times we're living in. So we just got to pray for our nation, pray for our leaders, and you know, pray that the Lord will still do a work in the time we're living in. We got 10 more minutes. I'm going to go through article quick and maybe you might have another one. I'm just again, just touch on what we're seeing in, in our day right now. Uh, Markets Insider, China's digital yuan pushes key U.S. lawmakers to seek urgency from the Fed on a digital dollar that fends off global rivals. I mean, we've, let's find out you guys know, I've talked about digital currency for a while now, over a year, probably multiple years now. We've seen the steps even you know earlier in March or April this year. President Biden, I believe, did an executive order um, to target cryptocurrency and then say to basically give the go ahead for the Fed or some aspect of the government to start looking into more seriously the creation of a digital dollar. Um, But for some lawmakers in the U.S., that's not good enough. They need more urgency. Why? Because China already has their digital yuan, their digital currency. And we need to compete against them. So that's the next argument here. We need to compete against them. So we need our digital dollar now, as soon as possible. Uh, so the article says a bipartisan group of U.S. lawmakers wants the Federal Reserve to get more serious about issuing a digital dollar to compete with rivals like China's digital yuan. And you guys have to remember, too, and there's another article here. I don't have time to go over it, but the article is from Retail Banker International. Australian Central Bank Launches Digital currency Project, uh, Uh, Recently, I think as of last year, Israel is working on creating digital currency. They're looking into it. Um, In terms of the numbers, it's like 80, 90 different countries of the world are already researching, at least researching digital currency. So this isn't like some conspiracy theory. That's what we try to remind you guys about. 80, 90 countries around the world are already researching, at least researching how to get digital currency for their nations. So this is well on the way, well being researched, well being worked on by many nations around the world. I'll just continue here for this article. Democratic Representative Maxine Waters, who many of us know her, definitely don't agree with a lot of stuff she says, uh, or does, Has drafted legislation that aims for the Fed to further study the prospect of the digital dollar and design a route for it to come to fruition. So again, they're, they're pushing They're saying, you guys aren't going fast enough. Yeah, you know, President Joe Biden, you, you, you give the go ahead for researching this. That's great, but we need to go faster. Uh, it comes after Waters, who is the chair of the House Financial Service Committee, called mm-hmm. the area of central bank digital currencies "quote a new digital assets space race." So they call it a race. That's what I've been calling it too. Uh, they call it a new digital assets space race, which is very interesting because you know the space race between Russia and the U.S., or at that time I guess the the USSR, Soviet was it the USSR am i yes. right there yeah <laughs> Yep. it was ussr you got it right yeah yeah i know some history that's great <laughs> but yeah but so she used that terminology referring back to history to basically label this current um you know cbdc race this current digital currency race so that's important just to finish off here uh, another supporter of the digital dollar effort republican representative french hill cited china's creation of a digital yuan in 2020 as a concern Uh, he said we should be concerned about China's predatory practice. They're basically saying that, hey, we have to make sure we're getting up and up on China, we're we're keeping up on the lead, we can't be outdone by them, so therefore we need a CBDC, we need a central bank digital currency. Why is that important? Because of Revelation 13, 16, 17, uh, where eventually in the tribulation, there will be this system where you have to have this mark on your right hand forehead to participate in a financial system, right? And we've often said that to have that kind of system in place, you need to get rid of cash. Cash with cash, I can go to Cup Foods, I can go to Walmart, buy $100 of stuff, $200, $50, and the system, the government can't know what I buy. It's not tracked, it's not surveilled. But if I go into Cup Foods, use my credit card, they know what I bought, when I bought it, who bought it, what's my credit card number, uh, how much money is on the credit card, or how much money have I used to purchase stuff on the credit card. All of this information, they'll know my location, and things like that. Um, so that's what they're trying to go at. And they'll provide them so many tools to monitor their citizens, uh, to block them from purchasing things. You can program digital currency uh, to say, hey, you know, we don't want you eating meat. We talked about that earlier. So we want you, you can only use this money to buy all this soy-based content or, you know, um, plant-based foods, and we'll block you from buying this. Um, so there's just so many tools there to shut someone in to make sure they align with the agenda there. Um, so I just believe for those reasons and much more um, that this kind of system could very well factor into the market of the beast system. Not saying this is the mark of the beast, but just saying that this may be type of setup for the system in the future. And again, we're seeing here in the U.S. even that, hey, they're saying that, hey, this isn't fast enough. You got to go faster if you want to beat China in this, right? Um, and there's many other nations saying the same thing that we're, we're trying to compete with the U.S. We're trying to compete with China. We're trying to compete with France. So everybody's trying to compete with each other. And it's just going to further drive this technology along. Where is it going? Does anybody know? Does anybody care? Well, I think the Bible kind of shows this picture of where it's going.
0: Yeah, you know, um, we're almost out of time here. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with everything you just brought up. That, you know was outstanding. I think this digital currency is a great um, threat to us uh, sure. as believers. But I believe it's leading to the mark of the beast. Um, y- you may be listening to this. And with the last couple minutes that I've left, I just want to say um, this is not to scare you and it's not even to get you angry. The purpose of this is to cause you to reflect on your heart and ask the question, am I right with God? Am I right with God? You see, God made you. He created you with a purpose. He created you with a plan and he loves you. But in our rebellion against God, sin which is rebellion it's lawlessness we have chosen to reject God's love and try to do things on our own and that's the rebellion that exists and so I think it's important for each individual to reflect on their heart and say God am I right with you and then to say God will you forgive me will you forgive me each and every day, the Christian should cry out to the Lord, create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Create that heart to be clean. And they should be looking at their walk with Jesus and say, am I ready? Am I ready that today I'm ready to die for you? Am I ready if you came back today? This is the purpose of why I I do this is so that you will grow in Christ. And I think the most important part of the questions you need to ask in examining your heart is, do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Because he loved you so much that he died for you yeah. on the cross 2,000 years ago. I think uh, that's in a nutshell. So we encourage you, I and I both do, Turn your heart to God, examine it, and ask how much do you love the Lord? Yeah, Amen, brother, Amen. With that being said, uh, from all of us here at Victory Watchers, I O, and myself, um, we thank you for watching tonight, and may God bless you richly, and may you grow in your knowledge and in your love of Jesus Christ. May His grace shine upon you brightly. Good night, everyone.
1: Good night, guys.